All right, guys, what's up? I'm Noah Witzke here with Bryson French for another episode of The Third Out. Baseball's back, guys. The opening day, just a couple days ago here, uh, wrapping up the uh, last games of the opening series here. Uh, so we'll start off the show here with a little bit of not really MLB news, but some baseball news. So from across the world there, we had Suzaki had 19 strikeouts in a perfect game there in Japan. Uh, very uh, interesting there to have, or very impressive to have 19 strikeouts there along with a perfect game. He's incredibly young. He's like 20 or 21 years old as well. And I yeah, think they said exactly. the catcher for the game was 18 years old. Yeah. So he's definitely incredibly someone to keep, yeah, keep your eye out on to you know, see if he makes a jump over the United States. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of things are going to have interest in him right now. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of a breakdown from the first weekend of baseball. As of the time we were recording, the Yankees and the Red Sox are in the middle of a game for Sunday night baseball. But the other opening series are coming to a close. And as it stands right now, the Yankees and the Rays are the only undefeated teams left. Now, the Rays had an easy sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. The Rays pitching staff is looking really impressive. And but, you know, it's the Orioles, so, you know, it's hard to hard to tell what to make of that. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox have looked really well matched. Meanwhile, Toronto and the Texas Rangers have been slugging it out with a lot of offense. In the American League Central, we have Bobby Witt Jr., who's making um, a big splash. He's got two doubles already. Uh, we've got Byron Buxton back for the Twins. He had two home runs today, three home runs in his first three games. But just a lot of young talent coming from the AL Central. In the American League West, the Astros are looking pretty strong, 3-1 and one already, taking down the Angels with relative ease, although Noah Syndergaard is back, and he looked really good for the Angels the other day. So that's nice to see. Yes, yeah, great to have him back on the mound. Yeah. Over to the National League East, the Mets took care of the Nationals pretty easily, although the Nationals got the best of them today in the fourth game of the series. Uh, the Phillies can hit really well. Again, we you know talked about all the sluggers that they got there, looking really strong on offense, kind of as predicted. The Braves kind of you know out to a little bit of a slower start. You know, it's only two and two, not too much to make of that. But the Reds gave them a bit of trouble. One of the big surprises I think in the first weekend for me was the Cubs kind of smacking around the Milwaukee Brewers' top mm-hmm. three starting pitchers. Yeah, um, all three. You know, Woodruff. Burns and Peralta had a little bit of trouble in their first outing. So that is something to keep your eye on. But yeah, the Cubs kind of surprised people. The Reds surprised people sticking right there with the Braves. And then over in the National League West, the Rockies actually beat the Dodgers in two games. Uh, So the big exciting news for them. That's the first time they beat the Dodgers in a home series in about four years. So that is really sad actually, but um, yeah, that's the opening weekend, guys. Carlos Rodon, I think, for the Giants, the last piece of news really had an amazing outing. So opening weekend, those are your those are the first series that we went through. Those are the bigger pieces of news from that. Yeah, so that'll take us right in here to our kind of our chunk of the podcast here. Our awards, our preseason or our predictions for the awards we got. You know, of course, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP for both the NL and the AL, along with our World Series predictions. 
So, so we'll start off with the NL Rookie of the Year. No, what do you have for that? I have kind of a surprising pick here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, O'Neill Cruz there for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, he is starting the year in AAA there in Indianapolis. But once he gets called up, uh, he's supposed to be called up here pretty soon. You know, he's got crazy power, 6'7". He's going to be the tallest shortstop in in the MLB in history. Crazy athletic, rocket arm. You know, he's so raw. As, as long as he gets pulled up and he plays his potential, I think he should get get this award. Yeah. And there was, you know, a big a lot of a lot of talking when he was uh sent down to the minors and not put on the big league squad at the end of spring training. A lot of people thought he should make the big league squad. Obviously, they could use him there in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And the reason they sent him down basically comes down to just contract type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of those things where if they, you know, put him down for the first month, they don't have to pay him as much type deal. Yeah, exactly. It's Chris Bryant situation. situation. Yeah, exactly. The Chris Bryant situation. So he's ready. He's MLB ready and he should be ready to come up here soon. My rookie of the year uh, nomination, though, is over in San Francisco. I actually have two picks from San Francisco, but my rookie of the year pick is Joey Bart. Um, he is their starting catcher now, filling in or taking the place, the mantle, if you will, from Buster Posey. Now, he had some time under Buster Posey up there in the big league club a little bit last year. He was up there for the last 33 games or so. So he got to spend some time sitting under Buster Posey. He should have learned a lot. And I'm really looking for him to have a breakout year. He already has one really clutch home run this season. And I think he has a lot of great potential. He is the second prospect in the Giants system, but he's also like the 30th prospect overall in the MLB. So that's pretty high. Um, but yeah, I think there are great things to come from him. Yeah, he's definitely going to be very interesting here. Now, for our Cy Young, I'm going to roll with a New York Met there and one of their loaded rotational guys or starters. I'm going to go with Max Schwarzer. Uh, you know, he had a very good season last year. Uh, three runs, six in pitch so far, three runs given up. Uh, he has a he had a 2.46 ERA last year. Uh, now, of course, as soon as I made this pick, he had he uh, got injured. So now, hopefully, he won't be out too long. Long as he stays healthy, I think there's a good chance he may even run away with this award. Absolutely. Now, a newcomer to the National League side of things is Carlos Rodon, and that would be my pick for the NSI Young. Last year with the White Sox, he had a 2.37 ERA, so that was incredibly good. He didn't get as many innings, uh, just kind of the White Sox limited him, and he had a little bit of injury problems, but he pitched the majority of the year, and if he stays healthy this year in San Francisco, I think he's going to do great things, and I think that was really illustrated in his first outing this year where he pitched five innings and struck out 12 hitters while giving up one run. So 12 of the 15 outs, although one was a drop third strike, but yeah, 12 strikeouts in five innings, absolutely incredible. And I am I am really pumped to see him, hopefully, for a full year. Yeah, as we saw it. That takes us up to MVPs here. I'm going to go with Juan Soto. Uh, you know, he's clearly the best player on his team. 
how he carries the team this year will be depending on, you know, how, where he ranks on this list. Top three, four players in baseball. Uh, this year he's off to three for 10 with a home run, 7.1 war. So he was off to a pretty good start. Um, but, yeah, that's my pick for MVP in the NL. Yeah, he's such an incredible player. It's always hard with the MVP to try to factor in, you know, their team and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And take the team out. He he is could have won it last year, and there's no reason that he shouldn't be in that conversation. And really just one of the favorites to win it. Exactly. Um, I went with uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, so I actually went with the NL West and all three of my picks here. I went with Trey Turner. The guy who last year, according to fan graphs, was the best offensive player in baseball. Now, Trey Turner had 32 stolen bases. He had a 328 batting average and a 6.5 war last year. He is such an incredible offensive talent, matched with the fact that he is the fastest player in baseball. I think, you know, it's an incredible threat. And uh, obviously the Dodgers are going to be doing things, so he's going to be helping a big team there. But – I think he's just the leader of this team. A lot of teams, or a lot of people think, oh, you know, Mookie Betts is the leader of the Dodgers. You know, they have Freeman now, so Freeman's the leader of the Dodgers. I think Trey Turner is the leader of the Dodgers offensively. Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. So that wraps up our NL awards there, as I have. O'Neill Cruz, Rookie of the Year, Max Schwarzer, Cy Young, and Juan Soto as MVP, and then Bryson has Joey Bart, Rookie of the Year, Carlos Rodon there, Cy Young, and Trey Turner as his MVP. So that'll move us on to the American League here. And this is my Rookie of the Year is a guy who, unlike my NL, is starting the league in the majors there with Bobby Witt Jr. for the Kansas City Royals. This is is a guy that's going to be very exciting to watch. I know Royals fans are very, very excited to have him up. He's one of their bright players, obviously. Top five pick in 2019 or 2020 there. I believe he was the second pick. Uh, you know, he just – he's an electric player there. And I don't – the only other guy I can really see competing for this award is the guy that Bryson has. Yeah. To this point um... – I had really gone all underdogs, you know, Joey Bart, Carlos Rodon. Those are big underdogs for their awards. Trey Turner, maybe not so much, but on this one, I did not go with an underdog at all. I went with Julio Rodriguez and just the electricity that this guy has as a player. Um, he has a great character. Uh, he's, you know, an inspirational guy. He's a fun guy. He enjoys the game. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of him being a generational talent, being an incredible player and, I think he's got a chance to do great things there in Seattle. It's a great environment for him. That's a just it's a great environment to grow young, great players. So I am looking for a great year from Bobby Witt Jr. I think, you know, we mentioned Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez. I think the American League is a lot more stacked mm-hmm. when it comes to rookie of the year candidates than the National League, maybe. Not to say the National League doesn't have any options, but like you know, you got these two guys who are the one and two prospects in baseball. You got Adley who's like the number three, although he didn't start the league in the MLB, but he should be up soon for the Orioles. And then you got, you know, the two guys from Detroit, you got Casey Mize and uh, Torkelson. So like it's five guys who probably have a better chance of winning the rookie of the year than 
any one guy in the National League. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the American League is there's a lot of guys to keep your eyes on, and I think you know Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Wood Jr. Neither one's a the wrong pick. I will say Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, is off to a hot start. He, in the opening game, he did have a clutch double that uh, scored the go-ahead run, and then he had another double today that got he got an RBI off of. So he is already looking really good. Yeah, so that'll take us up to the Cy Young. I'm going up to Cleveland for the Guardians there. I'm taking Shane Beaver take home that. That award here, uh, it should be a, it should be a big comeback year for him. Uh, he's already pitching pretty well. He's only given up one run, four Ks. Um, yeah, it should be a bounce back year for him. I'll expect him to uh, perform very very well. Uh, this one was a little tougher as uh, you know. There's so many great pitchers in the AL. I mean, there's so many different. I mean, you got all the Blue Jays guys, the Rays. I mean, you got so many different just groups in general. It was hard to pick one guy. But I went ahead and I went with Shane Beaver. If he comes back and is the same player he was uh, back in 2020, I think this is his award to take. Um, you know, you mentioned all the other good pitchers, and there are a lot of good pitchers, but there's no, there's no Scherzer. There's exactly. no, no DeGrom, no guy who's just – yeah, he's unbeatable if he's playing type guy. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very open award in the American League. Uh, I, again, went with a, a real underdog, somebody that is not even on the charts in most betting tables. I went with Noah Syndergaard. And obviously this is really just dependent on health. It's what holds him back every year. But he looked good in spring training and his – First outing against the Astros was the one day that the Angels actually won. He pitched 5.1 innings. He gave up zero runs. He only had one strikeout, so he's not getting the ball past guys. But, yeah, he's looking good. Uh, he had, he only gave up one run, I believe, in spring training. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, zero runs in his outing already this year against a, a very good uh, Astros offense. So I'm going with Noah Syndergaard. All right, so that will take us up to our MVP. I went with a uh, a very safe pick here with uh with Vlad. Uh, you know he was he was in the running last year, played very very well, almost took home the triple crown. Uh, there, uh, I mean, there's really not much to much to say to about Vlad, you know, to convince anybody. Uh, but he's off to a pretty good start this year. He's got one home run, four RBIs. He's hitting four fifty five with a 6.8 war. I mean, obviously the batting average is going to go down. He's only played four games. He's not going to hit 450 the whole year. But he's off to a strong start. You know, he's already making his name known. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll expect him to keep his name in the conversation the entire season. My MVP pick is Byron Buxton in the American League. It was Byron's about Byron Buxton was the leader really for winning the MVP when he got injured last year, about halfway through the season or about a quarter of the way through the season. Actually, he was absolutely on fire. Uh, then the injury came, didn't play, and he's back now. This season, in three games, he has three hits and he has three home runs. So off to another incredible start, and 
yeah, this is, he's an incredible athlete. If he stays healthy again, he's, I don't think he's ever played more than a hundred games in his career. Um, but if he stays healthy, he should be, he should be a definite candidate. I think he can take this award. Obviously you have trout and you have Otani in this conversation as well, but you know, health is a big issue for all of those guys. And I I'm comfortable picking, picking Byron Buxton here. All right. So that'll take, that finishes us up with the awards here. I'll just run over our AL predictions one more time. Rookie of the year. Bryson has Julio Rodriguez. I have Bobby Witt Jr. Cy Young. He has Noah Syndergaard. I have Shane Bieber there for MVP. He has Byron Bruxton, and I have Vlad there. So that'll take us down to the World Series prediction here. Um, you know, I I have the Yankees beating the Dodgers here. Um, I I think this is the year the Yankees finally put it together. They're, they have a lot of guys kind of on contract years. Um, you know, they haven't won a ring since 2009. A lot of these guys on the team haven't won rings. Uh, you have Rizzo. Uh, I think that might be the only guy left on the roster that has a ring from anywhere. Um, you know, they've been close the last few years. They've always been in the conversation. And then, so I think they this is the year they finally get over the hump. Then with the Dodgers there, uh, you know, I think they make a run at it again. Um, they're playing, you know, they have one of the best rosters there on paper and baseball. So they should do, should be there in the conversation all the way in to the end. But, you know, I have the Yankees taking it to the Dodgers. And I really mixed it up here. I have the Blue Jays beating the Phillies. Now, it seems like everybody's picking the Dodgers. And I, I really just don't believe in this Dodgers team right now. Um, I don't think, you know, money solves every problem. And I know they're going to have an amazing record. I know they're going to be a great team. But I think another team is going to come out and take it. I just don't know which team that is in the National League. It could be the Phillies. The Braves are going to be strong again. The Mets are going to give it a run. The Cardinals are going to give it a run. I'm not so sure about the Brewers right now. But the Giants and the Padres are looking strong, too. Um, I went with the Phillies ultimately because I trust the offense. I trust the starting pitching, and I believe they've made the necessary changes they need in their bullpen. As far as why I went with the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are the hottest team in baseball at the end of the year, and they've come out and they're scoring a bunch of runs already this year, and they have an amazing pitching staff. I mean, I know we talked about it the other day in our power rankings. This is a team who one through five in their starting rotation. You know, you have all-star level guys and I think they have four guys who are like in the top 20 Cy Young candidates. So it's an amazing starting rotation there in Toronto. Um, I, I have a lot of faith in that team that they're going to be one of the strongest and they have a really good chance of making it to the end of the year. Yeah. So that'll wind up our awards and world series predictions here as you no, know, write it down, whatever, what, you heard it here first, guys. Bryson had Blue Jays beating the Phillies, and I had the Yankees beating the Dodgers. Now, do you have a – how long the series is going to last? Do you have that prediction yet? I did not really think about that. I didn't um, think about it either until I just said it, so. 
I feel like mine, the Blue Jays and the Phillies, I feel like that would go a while. That would yeah. not be a five-game series. It would be more than five games for sure. It's six or seven. Yeah. yeah, and that's – yeah, six or seven is what I would say for mine as well. Yeah. I mean, especially with that pitching that the Blue Jays has – or, yeah, had – yeah. And the offense, yeah, that's got to be a seven-game series. Got to move us now to our top 10 DHs. That is our next segment. Um, I know we wanted to get through all of our top 10 lists before the season started, but obviously with the lockout and stuff, we had other things to talk about here and there. Um, put us a little off schedule, but we're going to go through the top 10 DHs going into the season. And Hey, we've only made it through one season or one weekend. So we're not going to use any, any of the stats from this year. So um, to start off this list, um, it's a little weak at the bottom. I'm going to be honest. Um, I think after this year, we'll have more clear DHs and the top 10 DH list will be a little stronger. But we used guys who are not on the depth chart of their team in any other position. These are guys who are pretty much strictly DHs. And um, I think it really gets strong when you get six and up. Mm-hmm. Six and up is really good. Um, but, yeah, starting it out, we have number 10. We have Trey Mancini. So we're headed out to Baltimore. How about his year last year? He had a very, he had a very good year last year there. Uh, he had a .0 war there. You know, he's 29. Uh, he played 147 games there. with So he had 71 RBIs there. Uh, had an OPS plus of 115, uh, or that's a career there is 115. Last season it was a 104. Um, you know, you're looking at these advanced metrics, you know, nothing really stands out at you. I mean, he looked pretty average in all of these. So he's definitely one of those guys that they don't really help him out there. Yeah. Now, his best offensive war in his career was a 4.1. Unfortunately, though, this past year, yeah, like you mentioned, a 0.8 war. Um, I don't know. Obviously, he had the whole cancer thing. He's gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. He's trying to have a comeback year. I know he was on our list of comeback players of the year or breakout players of the year. Um, yeah, but last year was not a great year for him overall. You know, he was he was swinging and missing at a lot of pitches. He didn't walk a whole lot. He was striking out a lot. He, he didn't even hit the ball that hard. His average exit velocity was below average. But we know he's a great hitter, and I think he's going to have a bounce back. And I, I think that that alone should put him on this list just because of what he's capable of. Exactly, yeah. I think last year, you know, he was just kind of getting his, getting his feet wet again, you know, tiptoeing back in the league. But this year, I think, you know, he'll have a, he'll have a very good year, you know, get back to what he's capable of. Yeah, and that will take us to number eight, Jorge Soler. Yeah, so Jorge Soler, there, you know, he's thirty years old. You know, he was a huge part in, you know, the Braves World Series last year. Uh, so last season, he, he, I believe this is the he had a negative WAR. It's the only guy on the list with a negative WAR. He had a negative point three out of 149 games, 70 RBIs, OPS plus of 128. Now, this is a guy with a – I mean, he, this guy hits the ball very, very hard. Uh, 
So he's a, exactly. He either, but a lot of those guys on his list is going to be like that. But yeah, he either hits the ball extremely hard, hits it 500 feet, or, you know, he misses it by two feet. But yeah, I mean, at these advanced metrics here, I mean, exit, average exit velocity, high, high 80 percentile there, max uh, exit velocity, 95 hard hit percentage, you know, 80, slugging, 80. You know, it's all very high there. Now, his, like you said, his war was 0.03, excuse me, negative 0.03 or 0.3. But that does factor in defense, and defense is what holds him back Mm -hmm. a lot. If you look strictly at offense, his best offensive war in his career was a 4.2. That was the year he led the league in home runs. I think this is a guy, obviously, he's got the capability to lead the league in home runs. His Mm -hmm. defense hurts him, but now that he's in Miami, he should get the chance, I think, to be DH a lot Mm -hmm. more. Um, That said, Miami does not seem to want to use him as a DH. I think they should, but they aren't currently. They're kind of using some of their corner infielders as DHs more often. But, but yeah, keep him off the field, and he does fine. Uh, Yeah, yeah, like you said, he's a great hitter. Uh, He hits the ball really hard. He strikes out decently. Uh, a decent amount of the time, 34th percentile when it comes to strikeouts. Um, but yeah, you're going to see that's kind of consistent when we're looking at the H's. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so then that'll take us up to number eight there with Framilla or Famil Reyes there. Yeah. Now he had a 1.6 war, he is 26 years old and. You know, again, we go back to these advanced metrics as always. Uh, he's really high in the average exit velocity, max exit velocity. You know, again, hits the ball really hard, but he strikes out even more than Jorge, Jorge Soler does. He has a K percentage in the third percentile. Um, the thing that really helps him, I think, is just he had a better year last year. He's been more consistent. Uh, you look at Jorge Soler, who's like, Jorge Soler's best OPS plus is 128. Reyes is 127. So it's basically exactly the same. But last year, uh, excuse me, sorry, that was last year's 127, 128. Look at their career average, excuse me. Jorge Soler's career average is 111, and Reyes is 121. So Reyes has just been more consistent throughout his whole career. Uh, Soler's had a little more flashes, but I think Reyes – with the consistency, I think that's what puts him above on this list. Yeah, exactly. There. So that'll take us up to number seven here with Austin Meadows. Now he had a pretty good year last year. He had a two war, you know, 26 years old, played in 142 games, had 106 RBIs. Uh OPS plus of 117, you know, his career is 124. Now, this is a guy, when you look at these advanced metrics, nothing really, screen, you know, jumps out at you. you know, they're all pretty average or below average. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gets – like he's – I don't know. I guess it's, he's a smart player. He's a good player. He knows the game. 
-hmm. but he's not one of those guys like your average DH that just hits the ball extremely hard and doesn't run too fast. Exactly. Um, You know, his sprint speed is about league average. So, you know, athletically, we're looking at just an average guy, Uh, you know, average exit velocity, 48th percentile, you know, a lot of 40s, 50s, you know, maybe 66 and walk percentage type deal. He doesn't seem to be a great athlete. He's just, you know, an average everyday athlete in the MLB. But, I mean, you look at what he does, he produces really well. You mentioned 106 RBIs. Mm-hmm. He gets the job done. And, you know, his best offensive war in a single year was 4.4. It's really good. He's only 26 years old, so young. He's got a lot of places to go. And his OPS plus over his career is 124. That's a really strong number. So, I think the Tigers got a good piece. They traded for him. He's now out of Tampa Bay, which hurts Tampa Bay um, and their their need for offense. But, yeah, I think he's a good addition for the Tigers. Yeah, that, that move really surprised me there. Uh, but, yeah, that was a great move there for that Detroit team to get him on, on their roster there. So that'll take us up to number six. Uh, you know, a very familiar face here in Nelson Cruz. Um, you know, last year, last season, he had a 2.5 war there. You know, he's 41 years old. You know, he's been jumping around the league there. He's on the Nationals this year. I uh, played in 140 games, 86 RBIs. Uh, he had an OPS plus of 133 or 130. His career is 133 there. Uh, yeah, another guy that was on the Rays last year, that uh, you know, moved uh, moved teams there. Um, yeah, now this is a guy that the advanced metrics do kind of jump out at you. Yeah, he's sitting ninety three with the average exit velocity, ninety nine with the max, and ninety four with the hard hit ball percentage. He doesn't strike like you know we've talked about Reyes and Soler, you know, they strike out a lot. He doesn't actually strike out a lot. He's about average in the 48th percentile when it comes to strikeout percentage as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so he's, he's been in the game a, a while. He's seen a lot of pitchers, you know, he can really work the count and, you know, just avoid striking out there. But yeah, we're looking, his best offensive war is at a six. So that's a really good year for offensively. Exactly. And last year was 2.5, which isn't bad either. Yeah. So, you know, he's very good. Uh, he's on the older side, obviously, at 41. You know, he's been in the league for 20 years. But, yeah, he's still playing very well there. That's why he finds himself there, number six. So, moving yeah. up, you know, say something. Yeah, I was going to say, because I mentioned at the beginning of the list, six and up is where it gets really strong. And this is our number six spot. So from here up is where we have these really premier bats, these, you know, amazing hitters, Um, you know, nothing against the guys below it, but like these guys, when you hear their name in a lineup, just rings different. You know, you hear Nelson Cruz in a lineup, even, even though his age is getting a little up there, that's why he's the lowest of all these, you know, true DHs, Um, you know, 41 years old. It's just kind of a question of, is he going to do it again? But, he is an incredible hitter, and so is everybody else above him. Yeah, so that pulls us up to number five here. We got a guy that's playing right now as we speak there in J.D. Martinez. 
Um, you know, last year, the 2021 season, he had a three war. He played in 148 games, 99 RBIs, uh, offensive war, but 2.8. So that very good. Uh, OPS plus last year was 126. Very good. Careers out of 134. So, you know, very good hitter there. Now, his best offensive war. Now, we were talking about Nelson Cruz having a great best offensive war season. Was it six? His is at a 6.8. Yeah, I mean, that was the year where he was making the run for MVP. The mm -hmm. DH was really impressive. Exactly. Yeah, he's a three-time silver slugger, led the league in doubles. Of course, now uh, we're back to those guys that just dominate the advanced metrics, average exit velocity. 90, max exit velocity, 90, hard hit, you know, 90, slugging, 90, you know, all these, all these percentages are in the 90s, you know, 33 percentile in strikeouts, you know, sprint speed, I mean, he's at 31, but I mean, everything's DH. Exactly. So, uh -huh. I mean, just always yeah. jump out at you. Very similar numbers to Nelson Cruz. They're incredibly mm -hmm. similar players. You yes. brought up yes. the OPS plus last year for him was 126 and Cruz is 130. So a little bit better for Cruz there. But the career average is insanely similar. JD Martinez is a 134 career average and Cruz has a 133. So that is one point off in the OPS plus category over their careers. Mm -hmm. That's it's basically the same. And then really the main difference is the fact that, you know, one guy's 34 and the other guy's 41. Yeah. Neither one's young, but obviously J.D. Martinez has a big advantage in that way. Exactly there. And 34 is not – I mean, it's older, but, I mean, he's still got years and years left, especially playing at DH. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got – could be 10 years left. But so that'll – that's our number five there, J.D. Martinez. So we're going to move up to number four with a guy we've already talked about on the podcast is Tio Oscar Hernandez. Hey, Oscar Hernandez is one yeah. of my favorite players in Toronto. Um, he was on our right field list back when we did this in the season. But according to the depth charts right now, he is currently sitting at their DH mm -hmm. and – that's just kind of the way they have things arranged at the moment. Although he does, he's still going to play a good amount of right field. Um, with him though, you know, he's making the transition to DH and he is really great offensively. He's not so great defensively. So that is a good fit for him. The last two years have been the good years for him. And he is an RBI machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, I believe, yeah, he's got the most on the list by significant margin there with uh, 116. Yeah. The next closest guy is 106, and that would be Austin Meadows. And then, yeah, and J.D. Martinez at 99. So pretty significant uh, difference there. His offensive war last year was a four, and that is his career best. But, again, he's a young guy. He's only 29 years old, mm -hmm. so that may improve. His OPS plus last year was 133, and I feel like that's where he's going to stay for the rest of his career. 
Um, that, again, that's the J.D. Martinez, that's the Nelson Cruz, that's their career averages, and I feel like that's where Teoscar Hernandez will find himself, you know, as he continues. He may have a year where he's above that, but I think, you know, that 133 range is really where he's going to sit in OPS Plus for a while. Yeah, for sure. Now, and then, of course, we're looking at the advanced metrics here. I mean, the last – I mean, he's right on there with on par with J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz. I mean – you can – all three of their stats look identical. Yeah, they're they're good in the exact same places and they're bad in the exact same places, really. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, DHs are very similar in that regard. Um, one thing I would point out with him, and this is, you know, obviously J.D. Martinez, his average exit velocity was 90th percentile. Nelson Cruz's was the 93rd at percentile. But, like, Teoscar Hernandez is the 100th percentile which means on average he's the ball harder than anyone else in the league. His expected slugging percentage, 100th percentile. So his slugging should be the highest in the league. His expected WOBA is the 99th percentile. So his WOBA should be basically the best in the league. This is a guy, I mean, looking at those stats right there, there's no reason he's not the best offensive player in baseball. Yeah. I mean, he definitely has potential there to be, uh, but yeah, so that'll take us up to another guy who is playing as we speak at number three from the Yankees there, John Carlos Stanton. Uh, and this actually, if we consider Nelson Cruz being with the Tampa Bay Rays last year, the, the last four guys in the rank have all been from the American League East. Yeah, yeah, you got Stanton, Hernandez, Martinez, and Cruz, and Meadows. So, yeah, all those guys have played. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, his 2021 season there, he had a 3.1 war, played in 139 games there, RBIs at 97. Offensive war was a 3.1, OPS plus 136, and his career is 143. Now, this is a guy who he hasn't started off the year, you know, or he started off the year, you know, as expected. You now he's hitting home runs and striking out a lot. So that's that's what that's what you're going to get out of Stan. You know, a lot of people. I saw a video on TikTok today or yesterday, you know, showing his swing, and it didn't matter what the pitch was; his swing looked the exact same. They were trying to figure out if he swung with his eyes closed. Now. I don't think he swings with his eyes closed, but, you know, he does swing and a miss a lot. Um, so, now, again, you're looking at these advanced metrics. I mean, they look ident- pretty much identical to the last, you know, three, four guys. You know, so it fits that DH mold perfectly there. Um, you know, his best offensive war is at a 6.9, so – and that was his uh, MVP candidate years. Yeah. I would point out, I think one thing I just caught on to looking at the last four guys, Cruz, Martinez, Hernandez, and Stanton. One thing that really puts Hernandez and Stanton above Martinez and Cruz is the walk percentage. So J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz were in the 47th percentile when it comes to getting walks, which basically means their league average. 
Um, and this goes back to the whole, you know, how good is your eyesight? You know, do you strike out a lot type thing? Obviously, all four of these guys strike out a lot. But Teoscar Hernandez and John Carlos Stanton both have walk percentages above the 75th percentile. I believe Teoscar Hernandez is in the 88th percentile and Stanton in the 76th percentile. So, yes, all four of these guys strike out a lot. When they swing the bat, they can swing and miss a lot. But Stanton and Hernandez have an incredibly good eye to know when to swing the bat. Exactly. I think that's what we can learn from this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but obviously, other than that, they're exactly the same. You know, they hit the ball hard. You know, they're successful when they hit the ball. They swing and miss a lot. It looks the same. Um, his best offensive war was a 6.9. Again, that was the year where he was making his run for the MVP back with Miami. His OPS plus over his career is a 143, so an incredible average, and a 136 last year. So a good offensive year. I think, you know, he really just carried this team in the second half of the year last year, and he's capable of leading this team in home runs again. And that's, you know, in a stacked Yankees lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that'll move us up to number two here, and that'll be – Jordan Alvarez there, another young guy, 24, uh, last year, 2021 season. His war was a three, played 144 games, hit 104 RBIs. Uh, You know, his offensive war was a 3.2, OPS plus, 136. Now his career OPS plus is a 150. So – very, very high there. Um, that just mirrors this guy just seem like a, a big poppy type player. Yeah. Like a I David mean, Ortiz feel. Yes. Yeah. Like he's I, young, but yeah. he's already just a true DH, like not even a bit of time in the field, really. Yeah. I mean, which is crazy to me. I mean, he, he, yeah. I he's mean, he's an incredible hitter. Yeah. I, I mean, and of course, all those metrics are the exact same, but his whiff percentage is what is a you know 68 percentile. It's, he doesn't chase his average chase rate. Um, yeah, and he hits the ball hard just like everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Except his whiff percentage and chase rate are different. And so, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's great. I mean, he's 24. Uh, I mean, obviously. Uh, I mean, he has a chance to be number one on this list at some point with him being so so young. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm that, I mean, that big poppy comparison. I was trying to figure out who who we could compare him to. I mean, that, I mean, that's just perfect. I mean, yeah, he never plays in the field. He's already a true DH. I mean, he hits the ball hard. Hit, you know, yeah, I mean, super smart player. Yeah, the one fifty OPS plus over his career average is insane to me. Yeah. Like that's, was, it's an amazing number. Yeah, I was waiting for you to point that out. But, I mean, especially, I mean, at 24, at 150. Yeah. He's, you know, he already has over 100 RBIs last year mm-hmm. at this young age. You know, the OPS plus being so awesome, you know. Yeah, and like, he, like you mentioned, he could very easily find himself number one on this list. In, in a year at the end of this year even. oh yeah for sure for sure i mean especially 
is the position that this next guy plays. I mean, yeah, yeah so, I mean, number one, I mean, Otani there. I mean, they may just eventually just have him be a pitcher too. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, questions with Otani, you know. Obviously, he's a great hitter. And I think mm-hmm. the hitting part is probably the part most likely to stay. But, you know, if he does come to a point where he needs to pick one or the other, is there a chance he picks pitching? Is there, you know, a chance maybe he stops pitching? That's a question mark. But Otani, obviously, is right now the best DH in the game. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's without question. Um you know, last year you could say, oh, he had a 9.1 war. That's not really fair to the DHs. His offensive war was 4.9. Yeah. So if you look at an offensive war of 4.9, I believe that was the highest for 2021. But that's not the highest in a single year by any of the guys on this list, really. So, like, the, the high war of a 4.9, you got Stanson, who had a 6.9 one year. You have – uh, J.D. Martinez who had a 6.8. Nelson Cruz had a 6. Um, so all three of those guys have had better offensive years than what Otani had this past year. Mm-hmm. So let's not get too blown, you know, blown away by things right here. Yeah, um, exactly. He had the best 2021 out of all of these guys. But if you take some guy's best year compared to Otani's year, it's, you know, other guys may be able to surpass him mm-hmm. here soon. Exactly. Um, that said, though, it was an incredible year. He played 155 games with 100 RBIs, and his OPS plus was 158. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible there. Yeah, that's insane. Now, again, we always come back to this, you know, the average, um, you know, your average DH breakdown, he hits the ball hard, and he strikes out a lot. He actually strikes out more than the other guys, though. His strikeout percentage is in the seventh percentile. That's literally one of the worst in the league. Yeah. And then his whiff percentage is in the third percentile. So he swings and misses a lot. So much. Um, His walk percentage, though, he walks more. He is in the 98th percentile when it comes to walks. He has an incredible eye, not to mention the fact that people pitch around him a lot. And, you know, last year he didn't have help in the lineup. He has Trout back this year. He has Rendon back this year, which will be a big help probably get less walks get more pitches to hit but yeah Osani is incredible um he's gonna stay incredible but there is a chance that other dhs offensively will at least give him a run for his money if you combine his offense with his pitching obviously he's a value that nobody else in the league can match but um another special thing about him i think he is the first player on this DH list to be above average in sprint speed. Yeah. Uh, Austin Meadows is 61st, 61st percentile. And Otani is the 91st. Oh, so yeah, he's definitely the highest. Yeah. Otani is one of the fastest players in the league. You know, he's a guy who can steal bases, and that's not something that a DH can do. Uh, obviously, he has the athleticism to play in the field anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just doesn't because he pitches, obviously. So. Yeah, that is our top 10 DHs, guys. Uh, I'll run through it again real quick, uh, just in order. We have number 10, Trey Mancini, number 9, Jorge Soler, number 8, Framo Reyes, number 7, Austin Meadows, and number 6, Nelson Cruz. At number 5, we had J.D. Martinez, and number 4, we had Teoscar Hernandez. 
Number three, we had Giancarlo Stanton. And number two, we had Jordan Alvarez. And number one, of course, Shohei Otani. So that said, guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Third Out. Next week, I believe we are going to update our power rankings already. Just kind of get a first week and a half breakdown of things. And we're also going to start putting together our top 10 starting pitchers list for the next season. So make sure to come back for that. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you guys next week.